heist where they what they did is they were working with millions and millions of transactions, but they only took like a quarter of a penny out, let's say, out of every transaction. So it wasn't noticed, but they amassed a huge amount of money because every time something happened, they just took a tiny little bit out of it. Well, every moment of every day, if you had the influence of lightness in that, over time, you probably wouldn't notice it because it seems so, like, uh, minuscule. But as it went on and on and on and on and on, you could see what a huge relief that was, that you traveled lighter through the consequences of your life. You know, not having that wishful thinking or magical thinking that all the consequences are going to change and all get great. That doesn't work. But that you travel lighter through whatever life had in store for you. Yeah. A deep appreciation would come over you. Like in recovery they talk about, you know, you'll, some changes will occur in you and you won't even notice it. Usually someone outside of you notices it and points it out to you. Yeah. Because you don't notice stuff like that that's sort of somewhat gradual or incremental. I don't mean progress in a way. It's more of a, just a dropping off of what was seemingly there. So it's actually nothing happens because it's not there, but it seems to be there. And so the mind that's giving it meaning changes, and then that meaning it used to give it is, is changed, yeah? And so then the experience of that mind in this position, in this life, changes greatly. So if you follow the lesson two in the uh, Course of Miracles, it says you and I give everything all the money it has. And you may think that this is the mean, this is what's giving meaning to things. Yeah, this just facilitates meaning being given. The you and I isn't a body. Yeah, it's mind. Yeah, so the mind is giving everything all the meaning it has. It's coming through. Yet. If something seems very real to you today, where did it get that sense of reality from? Or what did it get it from? It got it from what's real. Yeah. If something can really bother you today, and then uh, the next day not bother you, and then the day after really bother you, what's giving it that meaning? What's allowing something that's not so, or not real, seem so real? Other than reality, what else could do it? Yeah. What else could give something the meaning of being so real unless it was reality giving it that meaning? Yeah? So you and I are that what's looking that St. Francis talks about. And that's the what's the, that is what the you is looking for. Yeah? What's looking is what the you, all these yous here, are looking for. It saves you a huge amount of time. Yeah? So if you follow the idea of you and I give everything the meaning it has and you're in a subjective experience, then if you follow that subjective experience backwards, where would you end up in subjectivity? Obviously, it wouldn't end up where you think you are. It wouldn't stop here. Yeah, It would go back into subjectivity. How could a subjective experience ex- happen unless subjectivity was behind it? Yeah, yeah. How could an object take itself to be the subject unless subjectivity was moving through it. Yeah? How could a body and a brain take itself to be the one who was conscious unless that one was moving through it? Yeah? And that there was a little mistake and a mental idea preempted or usurped the position of what's so 
Yeah? And so what's so now doesn't seem to be so, and now everything that isn't so seems to be so. Yeah? Through what? Through us, yeah? We're the facilitator of it. But what's giving everything the meaning it has is the only meaning there is, which is reality. Yeah? What else could be giving everything the meaning it has but the original meaning of all meanings, which is reality? Yeah? And how, where is it, where is it, where is that event occurring, or how is it occurring, or what is it occurring through? Obviously, you and I. Yeah? So, the idea is, what's looking is what you're looking for, but when there's a you, it feels like it's who's looking. Yeah? Now, the who is trying to look for the what. Yeah? But it wants to get a little what for a lot of, for a lot of who. Yeah. Instead of realizing there ain't no who, and, and all there is is the what, it doesn't want to see it that way. It wants to keep its sense of being who, but it wants a little what in its life. So it sort of gets to an extreme point of meetings like this where people are coming here and they, they want to get the message. Yeah. They don't realize that one that represents the one who wants to get it is the reason why it doesn't seem to be available. <laughs> That's the rub. Yeah? It's like the idea of where wish we want to be, we want to have an experience of our own absence. Yeah? <laughs> I want to be there to get it. <laughs> the whole getting it is realizing you were never here as you presented now. That's the message, yeah? It's not like you were here, and now you're not going to be here, only to be here again as some of the not that was here. No, you were never here, yeah? This is a meaning that mind has given to, to an object, and the meaning was, in a weird way, the mental process gave it the meaning of being me, yeah? Which makes me different than every other you in this whole place. Every you, everyone's looking back at this, thinking that it's a you. Yeah. Not once do you think it's me. Yet, I totally deflect all of that evidence that I'm a you, and I say, hey, I beg to differ with you. You, 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 all of yous. This has been crowned me. <laughs> this is a very special you. I'm different than all the other yous. Therefore, you can't understand me. You don't think like I do. You don't feel like I do. And basically, you can't be of any help to me because you're you. Yeah. This is called, this is like the, uh, the haste or the, the appropriation of a perception that it doesn't have. It just claims it. Yeah. So now the you, which is only getting the sense of being me, not as a you truly, but because the I of subjectivity is looking through it, yeah? So the eye of subjectivity, subjectivity sort of gets hybrided with the you of the body and turns into this incredible metamorphic thing called me, yeah? And now he's talking like, I have a body. Who is it that has the body? If you're, when your head's talking, it says my body, as if it's owned by something other than a body, right? What would, would a body say, this is my body, <laughs> about another body? No. This is like a mental idea, sort of a hybrid, coming out of this men, men, mentation and then finding relevance by identifying with physicality. But it never actually becomes or really takes itself to be the body. It says, I have a body, or it's my body. Yeah? And actually, a lot of hatred is around the body, because it feels quite limited by its body. 
But it needs its body to to prove the point of its own seeming existence. Because what else would, how could it be thought about unless unless your thought system pictured you as a body? It couldn't go three years ago and think about you if it held you as space. Yeah. Where would there be a difference in this space and three years ago? It's the same freaking space. It says, oh, that was a much lighter space than the one I'm in now. Of course not. It's the same, same. But the body, the body can be in different circumstances, in relation with different people, having different ailments, having more money or less money. A lot of different degrees of situations can apply. And it's like, all right, it's going to be thought about, yeah? And the thought system thinks about you as a body. That's all it does. It doesn't picture you as a spirit. Yeah? How could it? The only way it pictures anything is conceptually. How is it going to get, how is it going to actually capture spirit in a conceptual frame? It can't. Yeah? So it thinks about you as a body. So there it is. It's thinking about you five years ago. You wouldn't probably think about anyone else, any other you in this whole world about five years past unless it was crowned me. You really wouldn't. You'd lose interest amazingly. You'd say, what the fuck am I thinking about Nancy for five years ago? You know what I mean? What's that doing for me? Unless it related to me being hurt by Nancy or somehow or another, yeah? It's always a self-interest that motivates the attention to be there to watch the thoughts, to fuel the thoughts, and so now you're thinking about you in the past, and what happens? What happens when you're thinking about you in the past? You're not here. Well, you are here. Yeah? You are deaf. You cannot not be here, but it seems like you're not here, but what happens is you're remembered. Yeah? The feeling of being that is remembered as the feeling you are now. Yeah? Self has to be remembered because it isn't so. Self can't enjoy, it's not a being, it's not being right now. Yeah? It has to be remembered. It doesn't have a self generating juice, it's a mental idea that has to be reinforced and rethought and refelt and remembered constantly. Yeah? So there it is, thinking there. And so, whatever you feel that was happening to you then, where do you feel that? But now, yeah? You can't feel it three years ago, can you? It's not happening, so how can something that's not happening produce an effect? Unless what's truly happening, which is what we are, thinks about that, yeah? Has a belief in it, and then it can produce an effect now, based on that recollection in the past. What could do that? Could something that was false produce such a thoroughly real-feeling sense? Other than that, you know, it couldn't. The falseness would only be able to produce falseness. But if the reality takes it to be so, it can seem to be so. It can't be so, but it seems to be so. The word is very important. It means it appears to be true or false to us. So everything that's going on here, the highest level it can reach is seemingly so. It can never break, breach that limitation and be so, because the only thing that is so is what's seeing it. Yeah? The only thing that is so is what's seeing that and giving it the meaning that it's seemingly so. Yeah? Where else does it get the meaning? How can something that's, say, false evidence 
It says in recovery, the acronym for fear, one of them is false evidence appears real. It needs a you to appear real too. It just doesn't appear real. It's not appear real to everyone today. Someone who's in fear right now, based on something that's not happening, not every, we're not all re- reacting to that situation, yeah, because it's not appearing real to us, but it's appearing real to a you, yeah? And in that you, that you gives it the meaning that makes it seem so real, doesn't it? Where else does it get the meaning? Someone else, it's not appearing real to, doesn't have any effect. The other person sitting right next to them, they're almost in the exact physical location. They're sitting right next, they're in the same day, they're in the same situation. They can even be wearing like matching sweat outfits. Everything is almost exactly the case. But one of them is taking something to be so real and flipping out, and the other one is not appearing real to them. What's the leavening agent? The reality, the what's looking, yeah, has been forgotten in this, this example, and now it's the who's looking, and the who to the who, that thing is freaking real. Yeah? So the who-ness lends its reality to that, and gives meaning to something, and then that meaning comes around and bites you in the ass. Like the Course in Miracles says it beautifully, you and I are the dreaming of this dream, we forgot that we're dreaming this dream, and we've given everything we've dreamt the power to affect us. The perfect description, it's a perfect diagnostic of every day of our lives. You and I are dreamer, are the dreamers of this dream. I like to use the word dreaming, because I don't see as there's no any nouns. So you and I are the dreaming of this dream. Yeah? Now we forgot that we're dreaming. How do we forget that we're the dreaming of it? We take ourselves to be what has been dreamt, yeah? You and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. Now, how is that facilitated? It's facilitated because the dreaming identifies itself as the dreamt object, yeah? So now, this has been lent reality, and therefore, through this, everything else is lent reality. Yeah? Quote unquote, the reality gave meaning to this. Hey, this is me. This is real. And therefore, this gives everything else the meaning of being real. And now, those things that seem real to me can have a real effect on me, seemingly. They can have a seemingly real effect on this me, not on what I am. Nothing touches that space. Nothing that appears in the sky ever leaves a mark on the sky. Yeah? Nothing. Nothing. Pristine, clear, unattached, unaffected by anything that's appearing in it. Anything that's appearing in it. But here, when that's forgotten, and that takes this to be what it is, now this lends the reality that this was given by that and gives to everything else. And then the reality we gave that thing, today it's a freaking problem. It has a huge effect on this. Yeah? The next day I'm not giving it the reality, it has no effect on this. The next day I'm giving it the reality, it has an effect on this. Yeah? What is it? Does it have the ability to affect me or not? It's neither. It's what meaning I give it. Yeah? And the level of reality it can reach is only seemingly so. Because there is a reality already established. That's what's so. 
That's what's looking. It doesn't lose its reality by giving it to everything, seemingly. It can only appear to be so. It cannot be so. That's the out. The out is that you were never in. That's the only out that works. If you believe you're in, and you try to take a path to get out, you're now going to be in that path. <laughs> With the hopes of getting out of the situation you thought you're in. Now, so then you want to get out of that path, so now you get into another path, yeah? And so on and so forth. <laughs> but the whole point, the only way to escape the sense of being in is realize you were never in. The sense of getting out of what you thought you were in is fleeting. It never gets established. There's got to be vigilance and reinforcement and practice and constantly you're know, getting into it because it's a very precarious out because the in, the reality of the in is always lurking, waiting to become what you're in. <laughs> but if you're prior to the in and you're not looking to get out, that's being out of it. Yeah? That's how you're out of it, is realizing you were never in it. It can't be, there's no other escape. It's like that lady wrote a book from an old saying called The Wisdom of No Escape. Now, I don't know what, how, what she was trying to say about it, but the great wisdom of no escape is there's no escape. There's no need for a freaking escape. Yeah? There, how can you have an escape from an imaginary prison? I don't care how authentic and notarized all the escape plans have been that you think you've collected over the years, studying arcane metaphysical stuff. It's none of it's going to work because you've missed a very important point. You're not in what you think you're in. And every time you try to get out of it, it's another aspect of quote-unquote being in it. But the only, the level it can reach is seemingly so. And that seemingly is not based on it, it's based on you. We're giving it the meaning. These things are not giving us meaning, we're giving the things meaning. This meaning has been given to, given, this meaning has been given by us. Yeah? This isn't the meaning giver. This is our, this has been given a meaning. It's facilitating the meaning being given. Yeah? Just like the eye doesn't see, it, fac it facilitates vision. Consciousness is what's allowing sight to occur, not the eye. The eye facilitates it. Yeah. If this was dead, this body, it, the eye wouldn't be seeing at all. Yet it was workable. If it was taken out and put in a live body, it would facilitate seeing. But it's not seeing. Yeah? It facilitates it. This whole process of selfing, this mentation, is all about claiming to be the one who's thinking, the one who's feeling, the one who's seeing, the one who's hearing, the one who's tasting, and then using all of those conscious contacts of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and hearing thoughts, and uses them to facilitate the bondage to this idea of being a self. How else is the, how else is the bondage going to be kept seemingly in place? It's got it. The glue has to be applied all day, all the time. Yeah. If you take a good look at it, you see that it could never be bound together. But when it's constantly being seemingly bound, it looks like it's solid. Yeah. Without much inspection, if you just keep looking out and not look back, it's going to seem to be so. You'll never question it. And then everything that you meet will be brought back to the you that met it. And you never met it. You facilitated the meeting. 
Consciousness is having the experience. You're not having the experience. This facilitates an experience. Your most intimate, cherished thoughts are being seen by what you are, through what you are. There's not one part of you that isn't in front of the camera. Not one. This is all content. Never to be context. Because it already is context. But not as this. Yeah? This is never going to be. This implies that it's be behind the camera. I'm thinking. I'm feeling. I'm seeing. I'm perceiving. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm reflecting. I'm doing all this. You know, constantly, 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 constantly. But in fact, if anything ever happens to you, when the aperture opens up of the mind, and it's, I'm telling you, it's seemingly locked in this one little location called self-centeredness. Where everything is seen as how it pertains to you. It's not seen at all. When it's, when it's seen as how it pertains to you, that's not seen. That's a form of looking called self-centeredness, which is the blindness to the seeing. Yeah? When everything is seen as if it's happening to you, that's not seeing it. That's looking from it. Yeah? That's a form of blindness to the seeing. What happens if the mind opens up? Here's the aperture. And this is how we'd like it to be. We'd like the aperture to go like this, with us behind the camera still, and all having an incredible spiritual advancement here. I am so fucking clear. I can't believe it. I am the harbinger of all light. I've got to share this with people, but for a fee. <laughs> I'm just motivated. Yes, how can I make an industry out of this? Yeah. And so there you there, yeah. And this is safe, bro. This is easy. I mean, this is really easy. But when the aperture goes like this, which is what occurs, and it goes like this, I'll try to do it. This way. It goes like this. Yeah? What was taken to be behind the camera is seen to be in front of the camera. The all of you that you crown me is in the front of the camera. It's a product. What's seeing it is what we are. And it is not of this. Yeah. Here. Do, do, do. Oh, yeah, this is safe. Oh, yes, I can change my whole wardrobe. A lot of whites, you know. <laughs> get some beads. Getting those nice, you know, tranquil, nocturnal, like, uh, binaural beads and stuff. And, you know, birds. Now they have, like, water. Birds that would never be near the water. You know, sounds. Like crickets from fucking other places. They throw everything in. So these, like, meditative things you can listen to. Like, you're never going to hear a cardinal at the fucking Pacific Ocean. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's throw it all in there. You know? So, yeah. Oh, this, it, this is, like, it's safe, safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm fucking, I meditated eight hours yesterday. Oh, it's unbelievable how bright it is. But now, <laughs> now you're trying to look at that. <laughs> and then, so it goes, what's looking is what you're looking for. Where? where, where? And then you see 
Whoa, now, finally, you're in the, the horses before the cart. Now you see your location. Yeah? It's behind the camera. You aren't prior to anything. When an experience arises, you arise with it, the sense of you. Yes? It always comes after the conscious contact. There's the seeing, there's the hearing, there's the feeling, there's the tasting, there's the touching. Yes? Pure and clean, like Buddha said, when you see, see, when you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. Yeah? Very simple. Yeah? The mental process is a little bit later. It has to have time. And the process is, I'm the one who's seeing. Yeah? And as soon as that occurs, which is very quick, now the experience of seeing occurs. The seer, the seeing, which is very, very unemphasized, and the seeing. Yeah? Usually the seer is crowned with the most importance, obviously. You've seen tons of things today, but there's only been one seer of them all. So you're always crowned by its position of being the one. And then other things, some things that are seen are more important than others, but none of them will ever override the importance of the seer. <laughs> and then the seeing is forgotten, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, it's the activation of the whole experience called your life, yet the, the, the main ingredient of your life is being forgotten, like, all day. Yeah? And all we're getting are, are like, interpretations and statistics and, and remembrances to sort of, like, uh, take the place of really living. Yeah? So, like, our, our attention's been moved from the pulse of life, and let's put, the, put it, like, on the elbow where there's really not much life going on, but it's all calcified, it's all conceptualized. you got a whole freaking story about what's going on, but there's not really a lot going on in it. Yeah? There's no life in it. You, you blow all life you can into it. Yeah? What more do you want to see? One glimpse that you'll be in front of the camera should change everything for you. Then you'll see what seemingly so is you're included in that. You're, you're appearing to be so, to what so also, yeah? You're not what everything's appearing to be so to. You're appearing to be so to what so, yeah? So let's say you can give a meaning to something, and you can make it as so freaking real, right? Why not lend that ability, which is no practice, we're doing it all day, Yes? We're doing it with thoughts, we're doing it with feelings, we're doing it with memories. We're fake making them as real as real can be, all day. No one's thinking it's a vigilant practice. They're not, they're not efforting. Why not take that eased, eased, like, very flowing ability and now make real what's real, maybe? You know what I mean? Entertain the possibilities you hear at these talks. Allow the reality to entertain that they may be real, and guess what? You finally, you know, in the roulette game of life, you put the fucking ball in the right square. Black 39. Ding, ding! You're now making real what real is. Yeah? You won't believe how, you're gonna, how that's going to be verified. Look at how things, things that aren't real can seem so real to you. Can you imagine if you gave that meaning to what's real? Don't imagine or find out. That's all this message is, is entertaining possibilities. There's no freaking work or practice. You're entertaining tons of possibilities right now. Right now is the consummation of tons of 
possibilities that are truly impossible being entertained by mind. Yeah? That what's not happening can have more influence than what's happening. Most of our lives are based on that. Yeah? Most of our lives are based on the past and the future have more relevance in this moment in our life than what's so now. Yeah? How could that be so unless it was so that was participating in it? An illusion cannot appear to be real. It needs someone or something that is real to appear to be real too. It can't appear to be real. It doesn't have that ability. It's an illusion in a sense. Let's say it's a lousy example because it means that's a thing. It's not even that, yeah? An illusion can only seem super real to what is real. Where else is it getting the reality from? Where? What's lending it the reality? What's lending the thoughts, the power that they seem to have over you? But you. How is that energy, how is that power being so freely given to all these thoughts by, by the claiming of the thoughts as yours, by the mental process? The mind is the bridge. Yeah? A thought cannot have an effect unless it gets it through the thinker. When the thinker believes the thought is true, then that thought facilitates a seeming reality to appear to that thinker, yes? The thinker is the dilemma, not the thoughts. The feeling of being the thinker is the my that allows all these... It's like, you know, they have the internet with the cloud as a place you can store tons of information. There's no way you can't see it, is there? There's no location. It's not a certain amount, like a thousand acres of space. No, right? It's just this whatever it is, internet world, and yet there's tons of information there. And maybe you know how to trigger it. You have a password or something like this. I'm telling you, this, your, your name represents like a fucking giant cloud of information. Old ideas, beliefs, conditionings, things that never happened that seem to have happened, things that haven't happened that seem to have gone on already. Yeah? And how do they find expression? In here. How do they come into this manifestation? They come in through us. How do they get access? Yeah? How do they? How do those ideas get access? By my, The access point is, I'm the thinker of all these thoughts. The thinker represents all these old ideas. And then every thought is used to facilitate those old ideas and conditionings and beliefs to find expression here. Yeah? on the unlikely recipient, you. How else is it doing it? How else, how is that being accessed and having an effect? What's bringing it into expression? Nothing ever disappears here. Every, well, it does. Everything only appears and disappears. There's nothing that was ever here that you could truly get rid of. They're all latent possibilities. If your mind is in a certain condition, certain things are going to be brought through to you, and they're going to find expression here in your lives. I see it with alcoholism. People are doing fine, they have one drink, all the shit hits the fan that night. They're in lower companions, if you've lent them your car, bye-bye to the car. They're in jail that night, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like, it wasn't happening, then it's suddenly happening. What provoked that all those events to happen? Yeah? The mind, the mind itself that drank 
There's the drinking, the drinking connected it to that little internet, that cloud of alcoholism, and now that person is used for transportation and the alcoholism is going to express itself through them. If it's in Bombay, in Holland, in Hoboken, New Jersey, in San Francisco, we all have the same freaking stories of woe. The parasite of alcoholism only has a limited amount of traits and it, ex- and it demonstrates them and exhibits them in millions of people's lives. Yeah, over and over again. Go to any freaking country, go to a meeting, and you're going to hear your story. Maybe in a Bengali you know, dialect, it's going to be your story, because it's not your story. It's the story of alcoholism. Yeah? Taking over all the hosts, and every host thinks it's them. That's the fucking root. That's the biggest bummer of all. They keep identifying with the expressions or the manifestations of self in their life, they keep identifying them as theirs, how are they ever going to be free from it? How can you be free of something that you're identified as? You're going to try to be free as it. You're not going to see, I'm not that. You're going to say, I am that, and let's make the best of it. Yeah. So I have this, let's say, this giant yearning to be free, but now it's co-opted, by the identification as what you're not, and you're trying to be free as a self. And then you always run into the axiom, self can't get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. Yeah? Well, I don't think I am light. That's why I'm seeking light. Exactly. The solution is you are light. That's why you can't use what you are to find what you are through the auspices of who you think you are. It's not going to (laughs) work. It's a direct connection, and you're trying and you're trying to like work a deal with a middleman or middlewoman. What's looking is what's looking, but now it's what's looking is what the you is looking for. The you now has it's already got an idea what it is, which it isn't what's looking. So now it's looking for what's looking. (laughs) That's what it's not. How is it ever going to work? Well, I think they told me it may take lifetime. You know how insane it gets? Seriously, I read this thing about this old monk that was uh, he was a Zen master or something, and he had a little bit of a history with uh, fooling around with the women. You know, he was very very old. He had all these temples and everything. And one of his uh, one of his big whatever uh, students or devotees called him out finally, and then they had all these people tell him what happened when they were with him. They'd go into a private meeting and the guy would start fondling them, you know, and then he'd have asked them to fondle him. And while they were doing it, they're going, is this the practice? You know, this is how insane it is. How insane it is. You can't see blue is blue and red is red. It's like, is this part of the practice? Is this going to lead me to a <laughs> It's that insane. You know what I mean? If you don't know what's going on, anything can be going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, wasn't it? Man, this sounds like a, this is a very weird esoteric, esoteric practice. I used to do this when I was 12 years old. It didn't get anywhere. But now, I'm in a temple. <laughs> it's accelerating my progress. <laughs> It's so simple, we, you know, it's overlooked. It's always here, that's why you don't notice it. Yeah? It's just like gravity. 
And no one's talking about the effects of gravity in this room tonight, or any freaking cafe on Clement Street. Not one person, I bet, has mentioned, you know, gravity's been really heavy on my left shoulder these last few days, yeah? Yet, it has a huge influence on this body experience. Unbelievable. Try to ride up the hill. Yeah. What would happen, though, if you go into an anti-gravity chamber, immediately, by its absence, you know it. Yeah? By the absence of gravity, you know what gravity is like. By the absence, which is, I'm saying is its inherent condition of self, you will now know what self is, and what it is, it ain't. That's what it distills into. So the fake presence, you really get to know it when you realize its absence. You, no matter how much you study self as a presence, you, that's all self-knowledge. It's going to avail you nothing. But if you entertain it as being absent, by its absence, you'll realize what it was. And all, all the information distills into one point. You do all right, bro? I'll call you. I will, bro. Good to see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? By, you'll see it, and all of it will distill into one, one sense, which is, I'm not that. Yeah? And really, and then that's that. And it doesn't have to be vigilant because it's going to keep making what's seemingly so, seemingly so. So you'll constantly be reminded of it by seeing it. Every time you see it, instead of taking yourself to be the one who's seeing it, but to just sense the seeing of it as the one. Not the one who's seeing, but the seeing as the one. Yeah? The mental process claims the seeing, and now it's the one that's seeing. That's different. And seeing as the one. Yeah? When it's the one that's seeing, that's been co-opted. That's the heist. That's after the heist. That's a form of looking called self-centeredness. But when it's seeing, yeah, as the one, that's that. Yeah. And now that's it's not under your jurisdiction. You're not the manicurist of it. You're not the landscaper of it. You're not the vigilant innkeeper of it. None of that occurs. It's just you're entertaining the possibility, just like you entertain all these insane possibilities of time and this and that and da-da-da-da-da. Now you're entertaining the one possibility of what you're not. And then everything that you are gets a chance of revealing itself through you. Yeah? You'll find out what it's like to be what you are. You'll never know, because you can't have an experience of it. But you'll see it influencing all your experiences, yeah? You'll see it changing your attitude and outlook. You'll see it. You'll see its incredible influence on a broad scale. Not minuscule experiences, but on infusing itself in all your experiences. That's why I use the term traveling later, because that's one of the results I've experienced yeah, over time. And it was became the last answer, and it's still the last answer. Yeah. I haven't looked for anything else after this. There's no need for it. Everything else would be a, it would be an excessive uh, addition to what this is all about being streamlined and economized and pared down. It's not about building up and adding on to. Yeah.
And you just feel it energetically too. Yeah? Such a perfect, like an aha or an unspoken yes. It's like a, an echo that you recognize. Yeah? You just know it. It's like I know it beyond knowing. Yeah. And every time, every talk, it's just a way of paying homage to it, really. That's all it is. It's just an excuse to make it seem obvious to others and to, you know, to, in this event. It's paying homage to it, in a way. It's nice to bring someone's attention and your own attention to what already is. Yeah. Before all the other additions and subtractions and the getting some things, just to really pay attention to nothing. And I'll tell you, I think that's the gift that keeps on giving, is nothingness. Yeah. It doesn't have a certain quantity that it runs out of. It's nothing. Yeah. But everything comes from there. It would be funny to realize all the importance we put on things and all the importance, unimportance we put on the space they're appearing in, that in a way, the negative is the, is the mother and father of the positive when it comes to a picture. Yeah. The first, when a picture is taken, it's a negative. You don't see anything on it, do you? It's nothing. Yeah. But then it has to be put in some, a chemical batch and then the chemical batch sitting in it for a while, it takes time. Again, this is the ingredients. And then it turns, and now you see the positive, and now you think you got the picture. All the things become apparent. Yeah? But the no-thingness now gets, in a way, dismissed or can. Yes? That's why Japanese art was always trying to call your attention to the space between the leaves. They have a very sparse picture, so you get a sense of space. Yeah? They were attempting to point that out because it's very easy to go to the things that are appearing. Yeah? Our, our conditional mind goes to the positive aspect of the true picture. But the real picture, all of its qualities is in the negative. Yeah? You would actually say this has to be the mother and father of all things. Yeah? That nothingness goes through this chemical little batch, this activity here, and then it turns into things. And then taking this to be a thing, of course, obviously, our attention now just goes to other things, and then all other things verify this thing. And we get this in this idea of this loop of self-importance. And what has to be forgotten for this to stay so important is the no-thing. It has to seemingly go. It can't go, but it can sure seem to go. Just like when you were a kid. I was in Catholic school, and they'd say the three qualities of the Godhead which was omnipresent, you know, it's everywhere, omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing. And I would wonder when I was kid, why am I not bumping into it if it's everywhere? I, you know, fucking if... Even, I'm in a room and I run into people, and they're not everywhere, they're there. What about, I can't even rub my elbows with everywhere? That's so weird, because my mind had turned into positive only. And for the positive to have such real meaning to it, it had to forget the negative. And how to forget nothing to take the make everything all the everything so important? Yeah, it had to. That's how it has to go dualistically. Yeah, this has to be forgotten for this to be remembered. Yeah. yeah. Now this doesn't have to be forgotten for this to be remembered. If this is if this is sense, you'll see this in all of this. 
Yeah? It will, this will be a vehicle of remembering it, and then resting it will be a vehicle of remembering it. This way, when you pay homage to this, this has to be forgotten. Because this wouldn't reign supreme if it wasn't. Yeah? If nothingness was, in, was, was uh, paid attention to, it would leaven our experience in the world of things. Like Jesus says, you know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And the best way to travel in this world is a little bit of, of that not-of-ness. Yeah? We have a little bit of not-of-ness to allow us to travel lighter than all the in-ness. Yeah? <laughs> From the little bit of not-of-ness hits you that you're not, you've never been in. So you, a part of your mind stays in the prior, and it's now not, it's not taking itself to be in, therefore it has no drive to get out, which is the bigger level of being in. Yeah? All the seeking to get out is actually being in here. Yeah? We give it meaning that all the seeking is, some of it's really valuable because we're going to get out. But I believe all the seeking, yeah, that's producing the sense of being a seeker, is being in. Yeah? The being out comes from prior to the in, yeah, not after the in. If it's after the in, it's going to lead to another in sooner or later, yeah? But if it's prior to the in, yeah, that's truly out. And I believe we're there. I think our mind has never left that prior. The mind has always been behind the camera. Yeah. It is what's seen. Hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yet that can't be seen, heard, felt, taste, or touched. That's why it's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. <laughs> Everything, anything that can see, like a great master said, whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. Yeah? So this thing can be perceived. It's being perceived right now. It's not what's perceiving. Yes? What can be perceived can't be perceiving. What can be, what, what is conceiving can't be conceived of. What is, what is thinking cannot be thought of. What is hearing cannot be heard. What is feeling cannot be felt. Yes? The reality is that. This is, we're in the positive. We call it the positive of the picture. But in a sense, the real positive of the picture is the negative. From nothing, everything comes up. This is the mother and father of all things. Yeah? And I don't need, I don't believe you need to get established there. I believe you're established there. I believe that you're entertaining insane ideas that you're not. I'm telling you the truth. And if you question, and the reason those ideas have so much weight is they're yours. So if you look at the ownership of it, or the thinking of being the doer of it, and you, and you hold that, maybe I'm not that, I'm guaranteeing you, your interest and attention will leave those thoughts and those impossibilities you're entertaining as being so. They will leave. And then you'll find out where they land, the interest and attention, yeah? You'll see. Maybe that same interest and attention that's leading to all this agitation and disquiet by thinking and dwelling on the past and future will be enriching your life right now, yeah? Maybe, maybe what you're missing most in your life is you, actually. Not the mental you, but the you that you are, yeah? That's the most enriching... That's the most enriching thing of any event is the one that's in the event. Just like in physics, they say the biggest influence of any any uh, any experiment is the observer of the experiment. Well, the biggest influence of any experience in life is the experiencer. 
What you're taking to be the experiencer is, is an experienced. It's being experienced now by mind. It's not the experiencer. Yeah? I got great news. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm telling you, the sense of being you is in a very small, claustrophobic space. It's in this like a gated community called a special somewhere, and it's located in the midst of everywhere. <laughs> but it just doesn't want to get go. And it's very small. And if you ever sit down and be quiet, you're the space that's sensing all your little machinations. You're not the one who's having the machinations. There's no one having it. They're just happening. But what's seeing it is what we are. And it's not of the machinations. It's not a product of the machinations. You, you are not a product of the brain. Yeah? The brain makes a product that's called a you. But you are not a product of the brain. Yeah. but is making a product called a you and once the mind believes it the a drops off and now it's you and then it's crowned to be in the play of God as me and there you go now your own little private idol yeah. poisonous spuds everywhere <laughs> everything goes to rot yeah Any questions?